trusted and proven, pushing the limits on every shot. We never fear failure. Join us as we set ourselves against the odds, bringing you cutting edge voices in every industry. This is the Ironclad Podcast. Ryan, we're pumped to have you today. Uh, we want to welcome you to the Ironclad Podcast. For everyone who doesn't know Ryan, uh, Ryan Johnson, we've worked with him for a few years now, and even going back further, one of our uh, original principals, Danny, has worked with you for, I, I don't know, maybe a decade now, but you've traveled the yeah. world, you do some incredible things, uh, humanitarian photographer, director, and now uh, gl- global creative manager at Compassion International. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for no, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's been uh gosh, I think Danny I think Danny's a senior editor for you guys. Yeah, we've known each other for ten years. So and you guys have done just incredible work and we've gone to some pretty crazy places over the last few years. So no, I'm excited to chat. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Uh thanks for coming on. We were just talking yeah. before we even got fired up about your your family's growing, right? You you've got a uh a, a little one. Yeah, yeah, we have a like a, I guess he's almost eight months old now, which is crazy. I've been um, so I I love photography. I've been taking photos of him as we kind of progress along, um, and uh, it's incredible how fast time goes, right? And it's been so fun to be um, a dad to an infant. And my wife and I we foster teens as well. So um, yeah, so our house is a little dynamic right now. I have a seventeen year old um, uh, foster daughter. And then I have, uh, our eight month old son. So yeah, our house is a little crazy at times. That's awesome, man. We were just talking about, you saw the Jeff Reed podcast that we did and we were talking about everything that he went through with his son and how heavy that was. Yeah. Um, it's just, you never realize how capable you are of loving something until you start really taking care of these kids. And, and, and what I think is so cool about what you do is, is you take care of kids and, 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 not only under your roof, but also with the messaging that you put out and what you're overseeing as a, as a, um, as a, as a, as a job really in a career in a path that you've taken, you've done that for your whole career, haven't you? Yeah. For a long time now. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I, you know, I, I, I studied filmmaking. I kind of fell into the nonprofit world. Um, mostly just because it was a fun thing to do. And, um, there were some opportunities that it opened up and, um, so I kind of jumped into it. Uh, but you know, I think, um, my, my mother has always said before I had kids, my mom always said, you know, Ryan, like don't no no rush on having children. Um, there's like two, you have 2 million children because compassion has 2 million registered children in our program. So my, my mother would always joke and say, you know, you know, until you have kids, Ryan, there's, there's basically 2 million children that are part of, um, that, that are part of the, the nonprofit that you work for. So, um, yeah, um, you know, it's always been, it's been a privilege to work, uh, at compassion and, um, yeah, and we've, we've grown tremendously just in the last 10 years. I've been here for about seven now and, um, the, the nonprofit has just grown tremendously and is just doing incredible work. So I'm really, really thankful to be a part of it and, and to play just that small, that small role of communicating and messaging and creating content, photography, uh, filmmaking, anything I can do to, to raise awareness, to create change, um, and to, to better the lives of children, uh, living in like low income countries. So yeah, it's been a fun journey. That's awesome, man. Um, I want to get into that a little bit before we do that though. Um, you, how many, how many countries have you been to? Oh goodness. I I stopped keeping count a few years ago. Um, maybe like 40, I think last time I counted, I was probably like 35. So about 40 and, and almost all of those are, are low income countries. So I typically go where, 
um, where the tourists don't. So I've been to, um, you know, most of East Africa, most of West Africa, um, most of Southeast Asia, um, really most of, um, most of Central America and then a, a good handful of countries in, uh, in South America. So it's added up quickly. Wow. Yeah, man. I, I, that, j- that just gives you such a better perspective on the world and life, being able to see these things and, and being able to experience yeah. things that, that the rest of the country and most of the world hasn't seen. How has that shaped you as a content creator? Oh gosh, that's such a good question. Um, you know, I think, I think, um, I, I mean, there's, there's kind of a creative aspect. There's a logistical aspect of what I do, um, operating and making creative things, um, in different cultures, uh, in different areas of the world, uh, in, in places with limited infrastructure. I think it's always, it's always a challenge. That's one of my favorite parts of the job is, um, at times it's, it's an incredible challenge, not just with low infrastructure, uh, with lack of electricity or, or even in times of disaster, but just, just, um, interacting with people whose cultures and languages can be very, very different than your own. Um, you know, that's really been a fun part of the job for me. Um, is kind of setting aside some of my uh, predispositions on how the uh, how the world lives and coming pretty open-handed into uh, into communities and cultures and um, you know it's it, it's I think it's a little hard to explain at times but um, the generosity and the um, authenticity and the warmth that people uh, and the vulnerability, honestly, people uh, are always so open and um, welcoming to crews, to to whatever kind of content we're making, whatever kind of um, creative goal we have. People are really vulnerable and open to telling us their stories, letting us take photos, letting us make films. Um, you you just be shocked at how vulnerable people are, and how um, open and warm they are, letting us into their homes. And um, I just I'm constantly in awe of how honoring um, it is. I'm just so, so grateful to, to be led into lives and stories that um, otherwise I really would never be led into. So um, it's really humbling, I think, if I had to put it into one word. Yeah. I mean, now that you're at it so long and, and you know, when, you know, we travel a lot, but we, we don't travel like you do in so many remote areas all over the world. I mean, we do, obviously, with you, but we're not doing it right. day in and day out. And you're so in tune with it. Do, do you remember a time where a switch changed at all in you? Because I'm sure, you know, when you first get out and you first started creating content, mm-hmm. you just, I want to make it great through the lens. That's what I'm thinking about. I want to make this, you, you almost get, I was actually talking to some of our younger creatives today. And, and as a creative, I think some of our opportunities to grow and some of our challenges are we live in this creative bubble that we've created and it's got to be perfect and it's got to be this vision that I see. Yeah. And then you think about this end purpose and you start being able to tie it to that. And that's when you really start growing in your messaging. Can you re- can you remember kind of having that mentality shaped at all from an impact when you were younger, when you first started traveling? Was there a scenario that kind of opened you up to thinking about the purpose of this final product more than others? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so many directions I could take that, right? Um, I will say this. I think early in my career, um, I kind of started off in like news photography before I worked for nonprofits. And I remember... Um, I wasn't married at the time. I was living in a small apartment um, in uh, in Norfolk, and I would watch these senior photojournalists go off on these incredible assignments. Right? They would they would get on planes and they would go cover disasters, 
Um, they would, they, and, and they were assignments I wanted. And I would raise my hand every time and say, look, I'm here. Like I'll go on assignment. I'll go shoot these things. And, um, and early in my career, I wouldn't like get sent out on some of these assignments that I wanted, you know, and, and, and some of the, the more experienced guys, they had kids and families and they wouldn't want to go out. And, um, you know, they, they were always concerned with getting home. They wanted to go do the work. They cared about it. They're passionate, but they also wanted to get home fast, um, and be with their kids and families. And I was just, I was a single guy. So for me, it was like, look, I'll go somewhere for a month, two months. It doesn't matter. Um, I think now I'm in my, my mid thirties now. So I've kind of got a little more of a family mindset to my work. Um, I can relate to those, um, to those guys earlier in my career now, cause I do want to go do the work and I want to come home and be with my family. Um, but to answer your question, um, I, I think, creating content in, in low income in developing countries. Um, you know, we always, we always talk a lot here about how much do we pre-produce? How much do we plan ahead? How much do we script? And, and really I'm, I'm in nonfiction filmmaking, right? Like a lot of the filmmaking we do is documentary by nature. It's nonfiction. Um, so there's sort of a, a, a script we have to follow when we're telling true stories and I, there's a lot of drama in it. So a lot of my job is as a, as a director and a producer, how do you manage kind of creating the film that you have in your mind. How do you follow the script, but how do you still honor the real life story there? Um, and how do you plan and account for some of those crazy things that might happen? Um, you know, I, I remember maybe 2015, 2016, I was in uh, Burkina Faso and I think in one day we had four flat tires Right. And so we, we ended up going through four different flat tires. We had two land cruisers. We were in really, really remote part of, of Burkina Faso. And it's just hard to plan for that stuff. Right. And, you know, obviously as a filmmaker, you want to shoot at the right time of day and you want to have control over the scene. And, um, but uh, in a lot of the shooting we do and a lot of the content we make, we have to be really flexible and problem solve. Um, and, you know, honestly, from day one, that's kind of how it was. I think if, if I wasn't comfortable with that flexibility, um, I just wouldn't be in this line of work. Um, I think my ability to problem solve creatively um, has greatly uh, improved, right? I mean, that's what I would hope. So hopefully I'm right there. You could ask some of my coworkers. But, um, you know, I think that creative problem solving and that flexibility, you have a vision as a creator. You want to go create something. But there's also that, that kind of little bit of... Um, there's a little bit of margin and I think, and I think I've seen it, you know, when we travel and, and shoot films, there's a little bit of margin and there's some really magical stuff that can happen in the margin in between what you had planned on making and in that margin of, of things that go wrong that you can actually harness and leverage and create a little magic out of. Um, and I, you know, honestly, I think you guys do an incredible job of that, but, um, yeah, I think that, that does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It does. I, um, and you know, like you said, there's so many different routes with it. I think as, as content creators and, um, filmmakers, photographers, I think that everyone kind of, uh, has different routes and different growths and different strengths and, and all of those strengths make for a better, better final product and a better story. What I've really admired from you is, is really understanding all of those ab- obstacles that come along with it from the flat tires to the problem solving to the knowing the team you're working with, knowing the final product and the purpose of this piece. I think uh, it's been really cool to collaborate with you and watch you lead or take the helm or sit back. And you've, you've found that balance really well, especially mm-hmm. in some real ultimately high stress situations with, with travel and obstacles that come yeah. along. 
Yeah, th- th- that was a huge compliment to me. I appreciate that. Um, I think, you know, I think part of the part of the job too is, um, f- for me, there's kind of been this core belief in that I just I just hire and work with the very best people. I have, you know, I I have. I, I don't know what your podcaster's rate is, so I'll, I'll PG this, but I kind of have like a no jerks rule on my trips. Like I really don't want to work with anybody that is likely to get uncomfortable, that's going to complain, that's going to be a jerk. Um, I also try to hire people that are just really, really good and are willing to jump in. Um, and that's what I want my crew to do ultimately is is my films are only as good as kind of the weakest guy, uh, the weakest guy there. So you know, if I'm hiring the absolute best people I can, and I'm putting together these really elite crews, um, going into these really remote areas, then, um, then I can count on them to be experts. Right. And I'm, I'm just, when I direct films, I'm not a believer in standing like right behind, uh, right behind a camera guy or right behind a DP or, or if someone's lighting, I'm just not a believer in micromanaging. I've always believed in, uh, in letting people do their very best work and removing any obstacles I can to allow them to do their best work, whatever their role might be. Um, and I think that's where a lot of magic happens, right? When every crew person is free, um, when I'm free to make creative decisions, free to contribute in, in their best way, I think that's when some really great films get made. So, and there are times when, um, there are times when I step in and, and really control things, right? I'll shut something down or shut an idea down or, um, or, or really steer the crew towards one thing or another. And, and as, um, as a nonprofit, there are some really message, there are some key messaging points that are important to us. And there is kind of a marketing side to all the work we do, right? Like, um, on one hand, we want to make really cool content. On the other hand, we want it to be really effective. Um, we want them to be really effective communication or marketing tools that we can use, uh, to make a difference in the world. Right. Um, we're not as a nonprofit, we're not selling, um, we're not selling product, right? The work we do and the funds that we raise really do make a difference in the world and it really can contribute to some life-saving work. So if I do my job well and I create great content, um, part of that is knowing how can we use that content uh, to fundraise and ultimately impacting great change and, um, and, and in some cases life-saving, uh, life-saving change. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you handle it well. I want to talk to you about Thanks. pressure a little bit. I mm-hmm. experienced this so much. I was actually watching a behind-the-scenes episode of uh, Into the Fray, What We Do For Us, mm-hmm. and I was re- I remembered the feeling I had for this one part where it, there was a trailer in the background. We got the streets blocked off. There's all these people, and I was sweating. And I just remember thinking, you know, did I did I eat properly? I, all these, like, things in my head, I thought – I, man, yeah. I hope I don't go down out here, pass out. You know, all this stuff is depending on me. Yeah. All these people, uh, the, it's all hinging on me, the budget, the this, the that, all these things. are And, and they play into everyone's head to a degree. They play in, yeah. in DP's heads. They play in everyone's head. How have you been able to handle some of these things? What practices have you put into place? Where have you had a deficit in the past and learned from them. Can you kind of tell me that how that journey has looked? Have you at that you've grown not only as a filmmaker, but as a leader who can handle these high stress situations and what practices you've put in place to, to identify them? Yeah, totally. Um, so I think, I think we could talk practical and we could also talk, um, in terms of sort of emotional or even just like some leadership tactics. I'll say, um, I think the more you can pre-produce and eliminate risk before you ever get there, 
um, that I'm a big believer in that, right? So I think the more you can kind of anticipate what you're going to encounter, the more you can prepare for it. So I really believe in being prepared. I, I was a boy scout as a kid, kind of a nerdy boy scout. Um, and that was drilled into me. Um, so I just really believe in being prepared and that just requires, um, some pre-production. And, and so the more I can prepare, the more confident I'm going to be, uh, when we're there in this situation, uh, dealing with what we have to deal with. I mean, there's some really practical things when it comes to creating content, like, like weather, um, altitude, um, how cold is it going to be? Is it going to be rainy? Um, are we going to have paved roads? Are we going to have to hike with our gear for six miles? Like those are all things I want to know in advance. Of course, you can't know everything. Um, and that's when I think, um, you know, I'm a b- big believer in being calm and being pretty lighthearted. And I think the crew kind of follows the emotional lead. Um, so when things go wrong, um, we take them seriously, but we also remain, remain calm. And I, I do believe like that calm is contagious, right? O- on a film set. Um, and I, an- it's another great reason to hire really good people. Um, I try not to work with people that, um, are not going to be in control of themselves when things do go wrong, if that makes sense. I had um, to tell you a story. I was in um, a really remote part of northern Uganda. It was actually a, a part of Uganda that um, that was under the influence of Joseph Kony back in um, kind of the, the late 90s. So it was, it was a, an area that had experienced a lot of trauma and child soldiers and um and this, so this was, this is a few years ago now. And at the end of our shoot day, um, we wanted to shoot kind of some sunset footage and, and then hit the road. Cause we had a two hour drive and we were, it wasn't necessarily a really dangerous area, but it wasn't the safest. And at the end of the day, the whole village, um, in this, this little, this little village in Northern Uganda, this whole village, um, showed up with gifts for us. They were so thankful that we were there to, to take photos and to, to shoot some film that they brought uh, chickens. So I probably had, at the end of the shoot day, we needed to get on the road. Um, we needed to kind of wrap everything up, but this all the villagers showed up and they were giving us chickens as gifts. And of course, you know, I I, I live in the United States. I can't take a chicken back with me uh, from the US. And it was, it was actually highly emotional. We ended up getting about 50 live chickens that were gifted to us um, in this little village. And we didn't know what to do. We didn't really want to accept the gifts. We couldn't do anything with the chickens. Um, and the... the um, the pastor there in, in that community said, Hey, you can't actually leave without taking the chickens. You have to take the chickens. You have to accept the gift. And so we, um, we had two land cruisers. And so in one land cruiser, we put all the gear, we kind of wrapped everything up. That was just stressful in of itself in the midst of kind of the chaos of being given all these live chickens. Um, in another land cruiser, we started to like stack these chicken and they were live chickens. We started to stack all these chickens in this other land cruiser and we knew we just needed to leave. We just needed to kind of get out before it got too dark. There was a big storm coming. Uh, we didn't want the roads to get washed out. Um, and at one point it was just really, really emotional. The crew was tired. It was hot. We had a long day already. And this like really emotional, this emotional wave came over all of us, um, you know, and it was it was in a culture and an environment we weren't weren't totally familiar with, and so um, this village was expressing such gratitude that it kind of floored us in a way. Um, so, in addition to just dealing with kind of more harsh physical conditions, we we were faced with this this kind of big emotional um, wave, and and uh, we ended up uh, leaving, and the crew got in a big fight. Uh, we got in a big fight as a crew on, on kind of what to do with these chickens. We weren't sure should we just like push them out of the land cruiser outside the village. When we got outside the kind of the outskirts of the village, we just pushed the, the chickens out 
and go on our way. Should we actually try to give them to somebody else in another village? Um, and so we, as a crew, we had like a big fight. And, um, and I look back at that and I didn't have, um, I wasn't quite the leader I wanted to be in that. It was a hard day, an emotional day. And I look back and I have a little regret on, um, my own leadership abilities in that moment. It was really emotional for the whole crew and we got in a big fight. And, um, and I remember driving back to, uh, the closest city and a couple of our crew members just were like crying in the car and it was just a hard day. And, um, yeah, I, looking back, I could have been a better leader on those days. So I have days like that where, where crazy things happen, good and bad. And my own leadership was not what I wanted it to be. I, you know, I have other stories where I feel like I did a pretty good job facing a, a pretty big obstacle, but, um, you know, I think you, you take your worst days and you learn from those and you develop, um, and, uh, you hire good people, you surround yourself with, with really, really good people. And you, uh, you set an example and, and you never lead from behind. I'm a big believer in leading in front, uh, or leading at least, uh, at the side. So I, I don't ask crews to do anything that I won't do. Um, I think that's really important for leaders is, um, anything I ask anybody to do, whether it's walking six miles into a village or whether it's, um, taking an 18 hour flight to, you know, at the border of Myanmar and Thailand, I think you just have to be willing to go there too, right? I don't think leaders should ever lead from behind. And I think when you're in the midst of doing really hard things, I think that's where you get some respect. So um, there's a long answer to your question. It's complicated, right? I mean, you, you probably feel some of that too. Yeah, no. And that was, that was a great story and answer and answer to that. I, 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 the, the fact that you identify those moments and, use those as your growth points rather than looking at success as your growth. You know, I, I think that, um, allowing ourselves to identify those things and, and, and using them as teaching moments, even what I got out of that, just hearing that story is powerful. I, I appreciate that being your, your example story too. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. It, even having the right crew, having the right group around you who can help yeah. identify when you, when you have those flaws too. I found a lot out of that. I've gotten a lot out of that as a leader, having totally. trusted people who can kind of approach me and say, Hey, listen, you know, this yeah. was kind of rough for me. And then I can kind of sit back and really swallow that, um, right. and, and, and work from it. So that, that's great, man. Which is, which is hard, right? Cause when someone gives you feedback that you're not ready to hear or willing to hear, you know, you, you don't want to discourage them because that, that feedback's important. Um, but I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to, to accept that feedback in like a gracious way sometimes. Because, you, you know, you want to believe that you're this rock star film producer or director. But the, the truth is, I have so many blind spots, right? And if I'm not gracious in the way I receive that feedback, I'm not developing as a leader. So that's it's a delicate dance. Yeah, totally. Definitely yeah. is. It, so what are you doing on a daily basis to identify those things? Have you brought practices in your life? I mean, you've got to be at a physical level that you can handle these types of travel mm -hmm. and strenuous things. You've got to be at a mental uh, level to be able to handle the stress, spiritual level. What are you doing in daily practices to stay tight as a leader and as someone who can lead from the front? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um that's a good question. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in a little bit of margin for some personal development. Um, yeah. This is a, just such a simple thing. But, you know, if you're spending 110%, 110% of your time, um, you know, just, just doing your work, then you're never going to develop, right? So I think there's it's important to leave a little bit of margin um, 
to do some really simple things, read books, take some like lynda.com courses. I think it's LinkedIn learning now, um, but takes, you know, take some online courses, um, listen to some podcasts, um, you know, volunteer. I, I think it's important. Um, maybe this is a better way to answer that. I think it's important to, um, to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and then to monitor how you're responding to those. And you don't need to travel to some crazy faraway place to learn about yourself. You know, if you go, go take like a cycling class for an hour and you'll learn a lot about your, <laughs> your weak points. Right. Um, I think my wife and I have, have been big believers in this and that you, you, you learn a lot about somebody, um, in the midst of facing hard things. And you, you, again, you don't have to go far away to face something hard. Um, you know, go, go volunteer at a soup kitchen or, uh, or, or put yourself in the midst of a, of a project that's a reach for you, whether that's a website design, you know, whether you're, um, you know, wh- whether you're working at a desk job, you know, reach for things, push yourself, and then you'll develop through those. Um, I also think, you know, I think setting goals is really important. I think I, these are such simple things, right? But people just, it's, it's, it's easy to know what to do. It's hard to actually put it into practice. I think, I think goal setting is just huge. Um, and to, 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 to set these little tiny goals, I think having gigantic goals never work, right? But if you have these kind of little incremental goals for development, um, I think that's much more attainable, right? Like if, if you set a goal and say, you know, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds or I'm going to put on a hundred pounds of muscle. If that's your goal, I just, that's not realistic. Eventually you're not going to get it in, in one month, two months, two years, you're just not going to get it. And then you're going to give up. But if your goals are much smaller and bite size, um, I think that's when you're going to see incremental change. Um, I also think you have to be really open and honest with yourself. Um, again, you have to be really willing to heed, uh, to hear feedback and, um, and digest that. And, um, you know, I think, I think for me, I've been a big believer in approaching things with empathy, um, to if through my work and my management, my leadership, and even my development. Um, I really approach all that with a kind of a, a platform or a sense of empathy. Um, and, and if I do that, it's a lot of motivation for me to improve. Um, so, you know, I think there's some really, really simple things too, like eating well, sleeping well, Um, I, even on my busiest days, I take a couple walks a day. Like this is kind of grandpa stuff, but you know, as long as you're moving, I think, I think a lot of us get caught at, um, at least filmmaking for me, I'll, I'll just use myself as an example. Filmmaking for me, um, is either really highly, um, like highly physical, either I'm traveling somewhere far away and I'm kind of physically pushing myself, um, or I'm sitting at a desk, like editing or pre-producing something. So I kind of go back and back and forth from these extreme environments, sitting at a desk all day to, um, to creating some content in some faraway place. And I think it's important to kind of keep yourself sharp for, for either. Right. I think if you're constantly pushing yourself physically, you might not be sharp mentally. So I think, I think just being well-rounded is really important too. So, um, but gosh, I don't know. That's what works for me. So, you know, I think, I think uh, out of all that, just having bite-sized goals is so important. And it's so simple, right? Like, that's nothing radical. But I'm a big believer in that stuff. Yeah, man. Very well said. Very well said. I hope people take notes on that. And it shows your leadership capabilities, the self-awareness, the fact that you're aware of these things that you implement. So many people, when you talk to them, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, it's a lot of that. Like, I'm just kind of going for it. And they let things happen and don't, don't necessarily take proactive steps. So what you're saying there... When I start hearing you say this, knowing your career path and knowing how much impact you've made with your content and knowing how far you've come in your career and seeing that success path, 
when as you start talking, I can visualize all of it happening just because yeah. I know how how high of achiever you are, and and the fact that you're so aware of these elements, um, yeah. it's huge, man. Thanks, thanks. Well, and uh, and and I think you, I think you learn from other people too. Like just having conversations like this, you know, hearing from other people and being open to the asking. Just the fact of of sitting down, finding a mentor. Or um, it doesn't have to be a mentor, right? Just any, having these conversations with people and saying what works for you, what doesn't work for you, um, just being open-minded, right, is just so huge. So It is huge. And I think that the other part of it is you have a purpose, right? You know your purpose. You know why you're yeah. growing. And I think that, unfortunately, it's, it's something that too many don't necessarily attach to their everyday uh, a purpose for, for, for things, the simple things and the big things like eating well and sleeping well. So you can achieve, so you can, so you can go out and achieve big goals and achieve things and, and make as big of an impact as you possibly can when you're doing these small things. What do you think um, is, is a key to kind of identifying that purpose? And then ultimately how important is living a life attached to that you cut out a little bit i would just repeat that very ending question yeah how how would you how would you kind of give someone um speaking these are think about future filmmakers and even current filmmakers who are listening or even even people that are just trying to uh do their thing right like how important is having a purpose that you're attaching to your daily routine and then ultimately how do you live by that yeah. Oh gosh. It's, you know, I, it's hard cause you know, you don't want to spit cliches at people. Um, Oh man, that's a good question. I think, I think there's kind of a passion element. There's also a, a skill match to that. I think it's difficult if you're really passionate about something, but you're just honestly not good at it. I think that's like, that's something that you have to be self-aware about. Um, and hobbies are great, but if you're going to, if you're going to develop a career at something you're not good at, that's, that's a little bit of a problem, you know, like I'm, I'm a six foot five. And, um, when I was a little kid, I used to dream about being a basketball player. And the, the reality was I, I was just not athletic enough on the court to be a good basketball player. And I love it. Like would have loved to be highly skilled at it and, um, and still a hobby, but you know, I'm just not, I'm not a pro basketball player. Sometimes you got to cut those dreams, right? So there's sort of balance between, what are you passionate about? Um, what are you good at? Um, and then I think I th- also think there's an identity challenge that people have in their careers where they attach their identity to their literal job title or or the company they're working for in the moment. And I think that's dangerous. And th- I think that speaks to purpose. I think I would rather my identity be rooted in purpose than in my job title or my position at a company, right? Like, I think your purpose transcends that. Um, and I think figuring that out requires time. It requires patience. Um, and a lot of time, I'm sure you can relate to this. I think day by day, you just do your very best. You push yourself, you develop, you do what you're passionate about. Um, day by day, you do these things and you you knock on doors. Sometimes you knock doors down, right? But you knock on doors, you go through, um, you know, you go through the doors, you find opportunities. And before you know it, you look behind you and you kind of see this path that you've carved out for yourself. And I think what's hard is, is sometimes you, you hear people tell their stories of like, oh, this is what I do. And, you know, this is kind of the path I took to get there. But I think everyone's like path is different. And I think it's, um, I think it's a little dangerous to say there's, there's kind of one way to do it. Right. 
um, I think every every photographer I work with, or every uh, or every uh, DP, or um, just every every person has their own story and path of how they got somewhere. Um, and sometimes that path's not totally clear until you've actually gotten there and looked behind you, and that's when you can kind of see the path. I think. Um, not to make it more more spiritual, or not to make it overly spiritual, but I think for me as a Christian, there's there's a big part in um, kind of hearing God's calling on my life, right? I had, um, as a kid, I was this kind of weird mix of, I was kind of outdoorsy, but also really socially awkward and nerdy, and um, I was a Boy Scout, and I was terrible at communicating with people, but I was really techy at the same time, and so I had this weird mix of like being adventurous, but also... I was not good with people and a camera um, was really alluring to me because I got to use a camera to um, kind of to be this excuse of approaching somebody and asking them questions, right? There was a reason that I was talking to a person if I had a camera. Um, and for me at a young age, that was sort of kind of the first sign that there might be something to this, right? I enjoyed it. I was passionate about it. It was an excuse to get outside. It was an excuse to meet people. And, and you know, I had trouble with that when I was a little kid. Um and that has sort of kind of blossomed into into a career. But honestly, there have been times when I've been super frustrated. I look back at my own um, career path, and it's clear now. But there were points where I really felt, you know, I really struggled and felt like I I didn't have um, didn't have purpose, didn't have aim. And it just takes time to like figure that out, right? I, I remember at one point I. Um, I was doing some like reality TV producing in Dallas. This is right after college, right after graduating from film school. And I just, I just hated it. I was like doing some like reality PA casting work. And, um, and I just felt like, I just felt like doing reality TV was the opposite of what it was. Like we called it reality TV, but it was so fictionalized. It was so fake. Uh, and I had these friends who were in Hollywood and they were chasing big studio filmmaking and they, they had these big dreams and I had kind of a reality check and I thought, do I really want to spend my career like making, and I think there's, I don't want to, I don't want to like disrespect anybody that's in those industries and they're called to it. They're doing it. That's their purpose. Great. But for me, it was, it was like non-fictional filmmaking. There was, I just was, there was so much drama in the world that I was, um, that I was seeing. It was a time when, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties. So a lot of kind of, of, um, my friends that were also boy scouts with me when I was a kid, a lot of those guys ended up going into the military and they were going off to war and they were facing so much drama in their real lives. Um, and the world was just filled with these, these tragic things happening and these, these crises. And, um, and I just, I just didn't feel like my calling was to go to Hollywood and like produce big budget films. And I, and, I, and again, I, I think there's a ton of value in that. It just wasn't for me. And so I started to kind of chase that kind of, that kind of set me off on a, on a path to chase, um, true stories. Right. And, and, um, uh, you know, Ken Burns says it really well. He, he's quoted as saying like that there's just as much drama in, um, in real stories as there is anything that we create in our minds. Um, and I just, I just really believe in that. And I feel like true stories, um, true stories told well are such a weapon to fight what's wrong in the world. And, and so, you know, early in my career, I kind of felt that I knew that was there. Um, and I kind of used that as a rough compass to say, like, I feel, I feel like this is what I want to spend my life doing. Um, and, um, I just kind of use that as a rough compass, but you know, the rest, you just kind of wing and you do it day by day. Right. Yeah, man. And how awesome is that? Uh, you know, if you wouldn't have pursued, even though it was the reality stuff, if you wouldn't have been pushed and had those epiphanies, you wouldn't necessarily be where you are. And, and I think it's so easy to get discouraged on 
man, I'm here. This isn't where I want to be and not allowing that to continue to steer this path of, of, uh, growth and, and this yeah. path of passion building. Um, it's so easy. You see that drawing of the guy, like with the pickaxe in the tunnel and you see like the treasures right on the other side of the wall, but he turns around. It's, it's like that in life yeah. oftentimes. It's yeah, really totally. Like that. That's cool, man. Um, so we, we're, we're about 40 minutes in. I, I, I always kind of try to come to the end and, and want to always leave people with, with some value from, from our guests. And, and one of the big things, man, I've learned just hearing your, some of these things, we don't talk about this when we talk on the phone about, you know, new projects, yeah. new things. We don't necessarily talk about some of the stuff that's going on in the ticker, you right. know, and I, I've gotten so much out of that from you just in this conversation. I love the way that you attach these daily items to ultimately what you create, right? And yeah. and what you create has so much impact on the world. And what we've been able to create with you has, it's, you know, we enjoy traveling and we enjoy the aspect of trying to shoot new content and challenges right. and pushing ourselves physically. But what we get from a team, from being able to go out and create impactful content with you and your team you, yeah. you really can't put a value on. So first, I just want to thank you for the opportunity for letting us exercise that part of our craft and continue to attach new meaning to things that we're doing. That's it's been it's been a blast. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm so yeah. grateful. You guys, you truly, and I don't mean to pl I don't mean to plug Ironclad, um, but truly, there have been moments when when I've looked to my side. And we've, we've done like a two or three mile trudge through, through per, like, like a, the Peruvian jungle is what comes to mind. We we had like a two mile walk through like the, these muddy paths in, in, uh, Northern Peru. And, you know, you look to, like looking to the right or left, I see ironclad guys with me keeping, I mean, keeping up and in a lot of ways moving faster than I do. Um, and so I'm so grateful for, for the partnership and, um, and yeah, really grateful to for the creativity and, and you guys are willing to just truly go to the kind of the ends of the earth. Um, and, and not only that, but like maintain a high degree of, of, uh, of creativity and quality. So I'm so grateful back at you for sure. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I love that story. And, you know, one of the big things that we, we, believe in and we've been putting on our shirts and hats and everything is iron sharpens iron uh just as one man yeah. sharpens another and 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 being able to work with guys like you and and like you said pushing each other there's been so many times where all of us are exhausted but each one pushes each other further and further and further right. and this person gets that shot so this person wants to get this shot and and there's so much value to that so anyone who's listening just the partnerships you have the crew you bring on the gear you use everything it's it's it, iron sharpens iron is real it's a reality and 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 uh, you want to surround yourself with, with great people that are going to continue to push you. Um, yeah, totally. but, but on top of that, what would you, you know, knowing that we, we have people from all different walks, in fact, all over the world that are listening to this, uh, most of them are filmmakers or are creatives to some degree and creative is a broad term, right? You can apply that to anything, yeah. whether you're a teacher, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in the military, you have to be creative and executing at a high level. So knowing that and knowing the achievements that you've been able to put, if you had to give someone a challenge to implement immediately over the next five days to kind of push them, what would that be? Oh, goodness. 
Oh man, you gotta put me on the spot here. I th- yeah, I'm yeah, put you on I the think spot. That's a good question. You gave me I, so many jewels today. I know. You know, f- I have five days. Gosh, I think I think it's I think it's hard. I would I would say this. I would I would sit down with the people that you really respect and 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 the people you don't too. And I would listen to them and I would try to figure out your blind spots. I'm a big believer. If you're gonna make progress, you gotta you gotta know which areas to make progress in, right? Um, so I think I think I think you got to listen before you act, right? I think I'm a big believer in that, and and so I would ask the people you love, the people you respect, uh, find a mentor, ask your mentor, uh, go go knock on someone's door, uh, go ask, like reach. You know, here's what I would do. I would do this. I would listen to the people you love, find your blind spots, set five days, and just kind of go on a fact finding mission on yourself. And then what I would do is reach out to some people who are doing what you want to do. And I would email them over and over and over until they agree to sit down, you know, bribe them, tell them you'll buy them coffee or beer or whatever, and bribe them and sit down with them and start to make connections, um, and ask those questions. And I, I think that's what I, that's what I, I would reflect on myself. I would, I would set a five day challenge, reflect on who you are and your blind spots. And then, uh, and then go chase after it, go meet some people who are doing what you want to do. And, uh, not only will that be a good connection, but that'll be, um, that'll kind of be a point of information for you. Right. I think that's, um, that's what I would tell people to do. Um, yeah, go, go take a risk and, and be vulnerable and go meet somebody. Dude, that one was good, man. And I did put you on the spot. That was a good (laughs) one. All right. It's so, it's, you know, it's so tough when it's like, what do I do? How do I get there? And, and, and just the willingness to go out and put yourself in those situations. That was a great one, man. Oh, good. Good I'm going to do that one. Yeah. Disclaimer though. Don't like, yeah, don't, don't get yourself in trouble though. (laughs) Yeah. I hear you. No, but it is, it's important. You, you follow through, you push, you push. What can I do to get in front of you and and seek the knowledge? It's great, man. It's, it's biblical, you know, seek good counsel. And, 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 absolutely. uh, I can tell that you've really, you've really thought about these practices that you, that you do. You've really thought about these exercises and I see them. It's so funny because up until this point, we, like I said, we never talk like behind the scenes stuff like this. So I've always seen the effect of these things that you've implemented in your life. I've seen the success of these things and the impact that you've created through your content and being able to talk about these types of things, just so all the listeners know it's real. I mean, I've seen it from you. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Back, I'm back at you guys too. So I've always, you know, you guys, I love the risk taking. That's one thing that stands out to me about you guys. Um, you guys are never afraid to try something crazy or to take a huge creative risk. So, um, you guys put yourselves out there, right. And it pays off. So I'm, th- I'm well, thankful well, for I you guys it, since we're swapping, since we're swapping compliments. I appreciate that, man. But, but props back to you guys. So thank you. Yeah. Well, man, we've hit 44 minutes and, uh, nothing but jewels on this thing, man. It was, it was such a great conversation, so much insight. And, uh, we're just pumped to work together more. I know we're, we're wrapping up a project with you guys. We've got more down the line and, and I'm yeah. just so excited for the impact we can make together moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Stay, stay tuned. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Seriously. It's good. It was good to chat. So I appreciate it. Likewise, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. All right. See ya.